Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hey everyone, it's another episode of Cinematics. This is episode number 178. I am Greg Trzavosti. I am joined by my betters, Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes. I was tr- just trying to think of actually real good introductions to finally, after all these years, introduce you. Bruce Perky, how should I introduce you from moving forward? Uh, what? <laughs> I'll have to think about that. Uh, I have, have not... To- come up with a good pithy response yet but um, bruce P- bruce perky pithy perky with the insightful thoughts he's got to actually come come up with some ideas as far as introductions eric holmes what should we dub you as far as introductions for the podcast on cinematics i like vanilla holmes or uh if you go to uh find your film podcast.com you can get a uh, t-shirt that says i'm a three-star banger so i'm cool with three-star <laughs> banger holmes <laughs> How about Apple Juice Homes? Is that good? Apple Juice Homes? Is that does that work? Um, oh yes, it is. And I'm enjoying some delicious Coors Light apple juice from my cinematics glass that just came in the other day. Very good. How is the glass? Is it sturdy? Are you warning people not to buy it? Because this is this was sort you're testing out the merch to see if they work out okay, Eric Holmes. Yeah, it's a, it's actually a really cool. So the design I had was a lot of transparency, which on the the website. Looks a di- little different than what the glass looks like when it comes in, but I kind of dig it. I kind of dig can't? it. It, lo- it. It looks like an award, like one of the, like, uh, you see those awards where it's like crystal and uh, like, you know, it, it's got that kind of, uh, kind of stink to it, I guess. That's okay. not the right word, but that's the word I'm using right now. You're using the word stank to describe parts of the, our merchandise, not our, our personal merchandise, the merchandise of our podcast on findyourfilmpodcast.com. How has it been working on that site for the merch site, Eric? You've been doing that. Find your film and cinematics or all the items that you want already up there. Or have you been creating new stuff? I've been creating new stuff, but the newer, the new and newest stuff will come uh, soon because I ordered some, uh, some samples, air quote samples. Mm-hmm. And once those come in and I look at those and go, yeah, that's, that's what I was looking for. You're going to see some really cool stuff coming up. Um, okay. I, I, I select few people know what that cool stuff is, but I'm pretty excited for it. So, well, we'll talk more about that when, uh, when the time is right. Okay. Again, if you want some merch, go to our website, findyourfilmpodcast.com. I was going to throw it to Bruce Perky about some kind of Indiegogo funding, crowdfunding situation. Bruce Perky, come back to us, Bruce Perky with your camera. What do you want to, you know what, before Bruce, Bruce eventually will come back, but I also want to say, you know, the last week or so, I've been going back and forth. And finally, the website for finally, after all these couple of years, findyourfilms.com absolutely works now. And moving forward, I will be posting up a lot of my movie coverage, whether it be interviews, favorite movies, interview archives that I've amassed. Eric has amassed as well within the past years of doing a lot of filmmaker and actor interviews. A lot of our interviews will be housed, not just on Deepest Dream, but on findyourfilms.com. Find Your Films, that website actually makes more sense because now, you know, we have that sister site, um, sister podcast, Find Your Films, Find Your Film Podcast, which I do every once every couple of weeks and I do Blu-ray and DVD reviews. But moving forward, I'm also going to add a lot of the interviews that we do for the up and coming films or new movies. Though those interviews, which were housed here on Cinematics, will be moved over to Find Your Film because... Look, the the site's up now. Now we can actually do a straight port from the Find Your Film podcast feed for interviews to the Find Your Films website. If you want more information, go to our show notes regarding that. So that should be very, very interesting. Eric Combs, you have a couple of things you wanted to say. I see. Yes. Um, it should probably, uh, you did post uh, something like this on the uh, Cinematics Patreon, but we are working on uh, watch alongs on uh, Discord. I, I set up a Cinematics Discord on Patreon. Yes, I think, and I I don't know if you guys are down for it, but if anyone listening is interested, uh, we should probably do a couple uh, test runs uh, for some watch-alongs. I've done some test-alongs. I had uh, Peter Veda jump in. Greg, I had you jump in with yeah. me. 
And uh, I think that's going to work really good for some watch alongs. And I really want to try it out. So if anyone is interested, uh, hit me up either at hamslime at gmail.com on the cinematics Facebook page or even on the cinematics Patreon. Cause that's, that's where the links are going to go up on. Yeah. But, eventually, uh, I, I, I think we're going to have some watch alongs. I got some fun ideas for that. And I think people like it. And might as well test them out. Yeah. Eric Holmes has been really diligently working hard at getting our Discord channel our Cinematics Discord channel up. He wants to do the watch-long stuff. Like you said, he had Peter Beta on. I was on just to test it out. I I really liked it. I actually Eric got the the movie to work, the movies we were, we were working on, and it'd be nice to actually build our Cinematics community, which I think I'd like to say it started with me and Anderson, but I think the community really started with the, I guess, the start of the Cinematics Facebook group some five years ago. We now have about 620-ish members and it'll be great if, if some of the Patreon members from our Cinematics Patreon will join us on our Discord channel. I think that will be moving forward. Our, the Discord feature will be a prime feature for our Patreon members. Bruce Berkey, what did you want to say regarding GoFundMe, Indiegogo? One of our friends is working on a film. What is it? Yeah, um, our friend, I lost my video feed again, but yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, our friend uh, Joseph Navarro from the Middle Class Film Class uh, is going to be the director of photography on an upcoming horror short called Raven's Landing, uh, directed by Marcos Nunez. And they have an Indiegogo right now going on for that. They're looking to raise, it looks like, $3,500. They're kind of playing around with that. That's about the amount they're looking for. And uh, they've already made like twenty or 2045 it says, as of right now. So if you go over to Indiegogo, search Raven's Landing, make sure it's directed by Marcos Nunoz. Maybe throw them a few bucks and help out independent filmmakers that are trying to make something right now. That is Joseph Navarro, our buddy over at Middle Class Film Class. So we're going to actually have the link where you can find, I believe the name is Raven's Landing over at Indiegogo. I'll make sure the link will be on our show notes. Good luck, Joseph Navarro and crew regarding your short film. Now let's go to our featured. We only have two features this week. We have a movie called Ambush, and then we have a movie called Linoleum. You know what? While Bruce's camera goes on and off, Eric Holmes, you've, as per usual, you've over-delivered Ambush. I told you, Eric, not to watch it because you only got it with only several hours to spare, and you decided to watch Ambush for this week's featured. You don't even have to do it for a rewind next week on Cinematics. You can talk about it this week on Cinematics. Let's start with you, Eric Holmes. I don't know how, how to really talk about Ambush. It's a Vietnam War set film with a certain kind of indie budget. It's led, it's top lined by Aaron Eckhart and Jonathan Rees Myers and also Connor Paolo. You might know Connor Paolo for his run on the successful TV series, the original series, Gossip Girl. And obviously, you know, Jonathan Rees Myers from a lot of really interesting films. And of course, our buddy Aaron Eckhart from that Brian De Palma film, The Black Dahlia. When you think of Vietnam War film headlined by Aaron Eckhart and Jonathan Rees Myers with an indie budget, you're thinking, okay, it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Hey, look, Jonathan Rees Myers, he plays sort of a I'm not a mercenary, a hunter, a, a soldier. He has He's sort of a soldier of fortune kind of guy. He has a dog who actually hunts the Viet Cong during the war. So he has, he has a special set of skills. Aaron Eckhart is the big general who is trying to get Jonathan Rees Myers' character and a bunch of just grunts on a mission to actually retrieve a secret, a top secret notebook that if the Viet Cong get, a hand, get their hands on this notebook it'll be very very damaging to the american government the, the military etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's the job of jonathan rees myers and the crew to find this secret document this notebook the problem is a lot of these army men are a lot of these soldiers that is are very green they're they're wet behind the ears they're, they're really not experienced a lot of them are just engineers or, or mappers and that's one of them is played by connor paolo but that is the premise of ambush. And what's really cool about this movie is a big, a big part of the movie is set in the under in the subterranean area of that landscape in Vietnam. So it's a very interesting take on the genre. Again, with a modest budget, I, I mean a, a, an indie budget, and it's called Ambush B film. And I don't mean that in a bad way. But did this B film work for you, Eric Holmes? I specifically requested a link for you because after watching this, I said, I feel like this might be an Eric Holmes movie. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, 
on the surface, I wouldn't think so because honestly, I'm not a big fan of Jonathan Reese Myers. But this movie actually turned me around on him. I, I, oh. I actually love him in this. And make no mistake, this is Connor Paolo's movie, like through and through. Um, he's he's great in this. I I didn't really recognize him or like I I wasn't familiar with him going in, sure. but he he's really great in this. Uh, Aaron Eckhart's pretty much a cameo, like an extended cameo on this. Yeah, but this movie remind we covered uh, Jesse V. Johnson's Hell Hath No Fury like a year, year and a half, two years yeah. ago, whenever that came out. I love Jesse V. Johnson. We need to cover more of his movies. 100%. We don't, he comes out with like a hundred a year and we don't cover <laughs> nearly enough. <football. laughs> we need but, to do uh, that. We need to do that, Eric. Yes. But the ambush is like kind of right up that alley. If you watch Hell Hath No Fury and you're like, yeah, that movie was pretty cool. I think you should check out Ambush because it's kind of it's kind of in that in that wheelhouse. You know, it's uh, definitely definitely uh, kind of a hard boiled kind of it, certainly not realistic, but it's got that kind of uh, elevated kind of action movie sort of aesthetic to it. Uh, hard boiled, I guess I already said that. Yeah, no, so that was the third time I said it now. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, this was a fun movie. I really enjoyed it. There was some stuff that like the underground tunnel stuff where like the, uh, certain aspects didn't make sense, but with the movie like that, and I don't know if anyone listening would forgive it, but I certainly do. Cause it's like, uh, it's, it, it, it's in the script. We'll just roll with it. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, but overall I, I had a bunch of. I had a lot of fun with it and there was some really cool stuff. And Connor Powell was great. Again, I'll mention it again, Jonathan Reese Myers, not a fan of him. I turned a corner on this movie. I really liked him in this one. Oh, very good. I'm glad you like Jonathan Reese Myers. He was good in this movie. Here's the thing. Jonathan Reese Myers, you mentioned Aaron Eckhart having a glorified cameo in this movie. Yeah, he does have a cameo. He has he's a general. There are some exposition laden speeches. Most of it is Aaron Eckhart in his whatever bunker or station, wherever he is in Vietnam, just spouting off a lot of stuff, but it's really not a meaty role. The Jonathan Rees-Meyers character is a supporting role more than a cameo. But like Eric said, Connor Paolo and the fellow actors who are the fellow soldiers in the movie in that maze, in that subterranean maze, they carry that in this entire film. Don't don't get it twisted. When you see Jonathan Rees-Meyers and Aaron Eckhart, the, a big part of that is really carried by Connor Paolo and the supporting cast of Ambush. I don't mean that in a bad way, but I just want to warn you guys that's what's going to happen. Eric Holmes. Who's the, who's the guy with the, the glasses? The guy that keeps freaking out? Oh, I, 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 it, I don't know who the name is. What the name of what? Oh, Jason Geno? I mean, Geno? Genoa? Or Geno? Yeah, Jason Geno is one of the one of the guys. And uh, there's also some sure. other actors in this movie. Yeah. No, no, no. It's not. He, he's a short one. Okay. Uh, let, uh, no, that's me. Break. That's me. Jaime, yeah. uh, Jaime Lopez, maybe Jamie Lopez I, or Jaime Lopez. Uh, one geez, of those. I, I, Look, I a lot of these. But, a but, but he, he's a, he's a guy in this with, with the glasses, and mm-hmm. he's constantly like flipping out. His Bruce, did was Bruce, like, flip, the, Bruce doesn't flip out too much. He, he's he's <laughs> he's common collected. You you mean the the person with the bespectacled young actor in the movie? I don't know. Maybe Nick Heyman. He looks like one. I don't know. But I know who you're I, talking I, about. I really hate that. I can't bring it, uh, figure out which one is. But regardless, his character in this is like way over the top. But man, every time he pops in, I'm like, Eve, you nailed it, dude. <laughs> you nailed it. I, um, also, uh, what was it? Mark Brandt. He's the one. He's the guy with the uh, the flamethrower. Yes. Which, by the way, flamethrower and an underground tunnel. Terrible idea, but that that's the kind of move this is. It's like, you know, it, it does stuff that's kind of ridiculous, but you just kind of, I just kind of went with it, you know? Uh, the, yeah. This was a really fun movie. And again, if you watched Hell Happened No Fury and you thought to yourself, this was fun. I'm glad I watched that. This is kind of on that level. And I think some people are going to dig it. Some people aren't, but I had enough fun with it for sure. Okay, Eric Holmes, I want to ask you one more question before we move on with linoleum. Let's just say that people want to see more of Jonathan uh, Rees-Meyers and Aaron Eckhart. Will they be gypped if they see Ambush? Or you're saying the story is good enough without those top line stars because Connor Paolo and all those other actors we can't mention on IMDb did a pretty good job as far as lifting, carrying most of the narrative. 
Well, I'm not sure if we're allowed to say gypped, but to your point. Um, oh, oh, right. I, I, I meant that in, in the best way. <laughs> <laughs> cheated. Cheated. But, cheated. Yeah. But, uh, but uh, Aaron Eckhart, like you could have replaced him with any name actor. He's great in this, but he's not. He's basically a cameo. Like Aaron Eckhart, you take him out of the movie. It's the same movie, really. Um, Jonathan Reese Myers kind of adds a lot more, which I was absolutely surprised about. And you take him out of that. I, I, I just really love his character in this. And I'm actually, this is like uh, when Mad Guy came out. And uh, like Phil Tippett, the movie did before was a Starship Troopers 2 that went straight to video. Yeah. And, and that movie sucked. And yeah. then he comes out with Mad God. And I got so excited. I was like, ooh, he nailed it. This is kind of how I feel about Jonathan Reese Myers. I like, I did not like him before. And then this one comes out and I love him in this movie. And so I'm actually really excited and really happy to see him. So to take him out of this movie would be a detriment. And I would not want that to happen. Okay, so that's a compl- That's kind of a compliment regarding ambush, Eric Holmes. Kind of, kind of backhanded. I know, I know. If Jonathan Reese Myers is listening to this, he's not. But if he did, he'd be like, "Eric can go f himself." And I get that, <laughs> Jonathan. I get that. I understand. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, you were great in this, and you made me turn the corner, and you made me eat my own hat. And congratulations. Let's. That. And I apologize. Let's also give props to Connor Paulo. He is, like Eric said, the lead in ambush yeah. and he plays a an engineer a soldier an official a military he's trying to climb up the ranks but he is totally uh, what is it eric what's the right word he's very in- intimidated he's in nervous over his head. he's in over his head there's yeah. other guys who are manly men around him and he's the one who's really the weakest link out of this whole unit whether it be the top line the top brass or the top mercenaries the top soldiers or even the middle middling soldiers he's the weakest one on the bunch and it's great to see his character's journey throughout ambush and connor paulo does a great job i was surprised as well eric holmes let's start off with your review on ambush your your rating on ambush i think this would probably be a i almost want to say three-star banger but i think i'll i think i'll just go three and a half Three and a half. Three and a half um, for Eric Holmes. That's yeah. a solid recommend. I also give Ambush three and a half stars. So both Eric and I agree. It's just right down the middle. Solid recommend. We both say, yeah, it hits theaters and on demand and digital on Friday, February 24th. Any final words on Ambush, Eric Holmes? Any, any yeah, final again, if you've seen Hell Hath No Fury and you like that, give Ambush a watch. If you watch Hell Hath No Fury and are like, not for me, probably stay away. I think there's a lot of fun to be had on this one. So maybe check it out. Okay, fun to be had. There's a movie that I haven't seen. It's called Linoleum. My dad used to always say, there are two kinds of people in the world, Cameron. Astronomers and astronauts. Some look at the stars, others swim in them. like a younger, better-looking version of me. You don't believe me, do you? It's a really crazy story, Ken. Tony, did you give the Saturday morning slot to another show? They want a different host. Kent Armstrong. I, I can't believe you crashed your car yesterday. I'm afraid I have no idea what you're talking about. He's like my antithesis. What? Some old-ass Russian rocket fell from outer space and it crashed in our backyard. Welcome to Fairview Heights. You think this is just chance, all of this happening right now? You're a scientist. What else would it be? Can I see it? Sure. Come on. You've got this pile of rocket crap right here. Why don't you just build your own rocket? It's not that simple. Yeah, it might be. (laughs) Remember when we used to talk about doing something fantastic? Whatever happened to that? I'm the only one who's even remotely rational anymore. Oh, you built this thing in like a month? Yeah. I'm about to do a test of the booster. You want to check it out? Three, two, one. What? Wait. Einstein came up with a theory of relativity when he was 26. You go do what you're destined for. It's not that simple. It's not that simple. Not that simple. You always tell yourself that. Where are you going? Something fantastic. The view is so 
Both Bruce and Eric have really advised me that I go see it. I know Peter Beta also loved this film. Bruce, take it away. What's Linoleum about? Well, first of all, Linoleum is, of all the movies I've seen so far, this is the best movie of 2023 so far to come out easily. Anyway, what is it about? Uh, directed by Colin West, starring Jim Gaffigan as Cameron and maybe somebody else. I don't know if we're going to mention that totally yet. We have Caitlin Nacone, which we just saw in what uh, Devil's Peak. Uh, she plays his daughter. Uh, and you have his wife, Erin, uh, played by Rhea Seahorn. Basic concept is this. So Jim Gaffigan's character is kind of this uh, middle-aged to slightly older kids science TV program host. But he kind of does it out of his own garage. Uh, and he's always, you know, him and his wife have always had dreams of kind of being part of the space program. In fact, she works at kind of this, uh, not a museum exactly, what would you call it, Eric, uh, where she works? It's like a, it's kind of like an offshoot museum, I guess, of of like, space stuff uh you know rockets and everything but uh his job is essentially being this kid's tv show host and you kind of he's kind of playing the jim gaffigan character nice but also a little bit uh you know a little bit of not a sad sack but you know he's he's kind of a mild-mannered kind of dude and very quickly he finds out that his show is going to be picked up and broadcast to a broader audience without him they're going to recast somebody else as the uh, main role and the only other i'm going to get really quickly and we'll get to talk about what we thought of it but another inciting incident is one day he is riding his bike across along the street and a red corvette i believe if i remember correctly or a red yeah. red sports car your corvette thank you pete pete will be yelling if he, he'd be like it's a corvette you idiot a red corvette literally falls out of the sky and lands on its roof in the middle of the road next to him when he's driving, riding his bike down the road. That is kind of the inciting incident. And from there, it's, ah, oh boy, how do we describe this without ruining things, Eric? You don't. That, that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, this movie, uh, let's, okay, this is what I will say. This movie is a master of tone that could easily go off the rails. This could easily become too whimsical, too quirky. It could go full Wes Anderson, it could go schmaltzy, it could go... And some people might think it goes a little in those territories. I think it, for me, it rides the line absolutely perfectly. You know, it's got real emotion without getting overly sentimental. It's got fantastic characters. Uh, It's got a lot of humor. It's got a ton of heart. And one thing that I also really, really loved about it is, you know, a lot of times the other family members in a movie like this, when it's, you know, kind of... mostly about Jim Gaffigan's character, they kind of get short shrift. And I feel like his daughter and her, you know, budding relationship with a young man absolutely are amazing and great. And you really fall in love with those characters. His wife is absolutely a great rounded character that you also fall in love with. He's Tony Shalhoub plays a small role in here as his, uh, his uh, counselor, not counselor, but you know, his psychiatrist, whatever he is. And he's always amazing. You love to see Tony Shalhoub pop in. This this movie is fantastic. And if this doesn't end up in my end of year list, I would be absolutely amazed and happy because that means we had a ton of great movies after this that I'm not expecting. I I think this is a, a shoe in Well, I would first of all say this night easily the best movie this year because this is a movie that came out or this is the year that came out with Candyland and Compromise. However, I yes. do agree with Bruce on everything else he said. Um, and Tony Shalhoub, first of all, he's like, uh, he's kind of, uh, we mentioned Aaron Eckhart in Ambush. Tony Shalhoub's pretty much glorified cameo in this, but his character just really sings in this. Uh, Michael Ian Black's in it for a little bit. And uh, Rhea Seahorn, if you watch uh, Better Call Saul, she's great. Like, everyone's great in this. Jim Gaffigan. Oh, my God. Like, okay, so yeah. I watched, uh, what was it, Troop Zero, like uh, a couple years ago. Yeah. And Jim Gaffigan's great in that. He's fantastic in this. I I cannot stress enough how great Jim Gaffigan is in this. Because he plays the two roles. He plays uh, Cameron Edwin, the main character. Basically the Jim Gaffigan role that you would expect in Jim Gaffigan in a uh a drama indie type movie and then he plays his doppelganger ken armstrong which is a he's basically the uh, what they call antagonist the antagonist uh ken armstrong and when those two when jim gaffigan is ken armstrong comes in i hate that guy 
And I, and in my mind, like you, you talk about like uh, watching a movie and I forgot that actor is playing that character. Jim Gaffigan just melds into that guy. I hate him. I, I keep forgetting this Jim Gaffigan. There, there's certain times where the, the two of them are, you know, kind of playing opposite of each other. This movie's really good. Takes swings, especially at the end, that may not work for everyone. And I was definitely confused on a lot of it. I, I interviewed the uh, director, Colin West, and I really wanted to uh, talk to him about the ending, but we didn't have enough time. But I think that's I think that's to the movie's benefit because it's kind of one of those endings where uh, a lot of it is left up. You know, it, it presents itself, but a lot of it's left up to the viewer, and you can kind of sort of thread your own needle in that respect. And I really look forward to watching this movie again and kind of uh, decoding it a bit. And go ahead, Bruce. Oh, I was going to say on the ending part, I would also say that for me, I think the ending just brings it up a whole other an extra notch because I could see it not working 100% for people. But I feel like what the ending does that a lot of movies don't necessarily achieve, uh, it takes there's a lot of little breadcrumbs throughout the movie that they could just kind of leave as enigmatic things or things that don't have to be answered. They're just strange or quirky things in that universe, but they're, but they are tied together. Whether or not you understand the exact mechanism of how those things tied together, they are all tied together. I think in that final sequence. And I think that final sequence is, is a a masterpiece. And I think people who like it are going to love it. And I think people who are a little confused by it will actually feel maybe compelled to kind of go back and rewatch and try to figure out certain clues and what those things were. Uh, once again, I'm being purposely vague about some of this stuff. Uh, and I'm not going to compare this to a movie that I would compare it to because that would also give away some, some major things as well. But um, it's just a beautiful movie. I think it's really, really I, wonderful. I agree. And I think the the cool thing about the ending, even though like when I first Wash it. it took kind of a while for me to process, but this movie is like, like the, the movie is so confident in what it's doing. Yes. Like, like sometimes you see something that's confusing, but you get the sense that the filmmakers don't know what they're doing. So it just seems like a mess. This feels very deliberate. And so I, I feel confident that I can go back and kind of, uh, okay, let's pick this apart. Let's see what it all means, man. You know, that that sort of thing. And I, I love movies like that where you can kind of uh, put the put the puzzle pieces together because you know that the filmmaker is that good that yeah the puzzle pieces will fit together. You just have to you might have to do a little extra work, which mm. you know, it, if there's if there's a there there, then it's totally worth it in a in a movie like this. And also Jim Gaffigan is awesome. <laughs> and this is also the kind of movie I feel like this is the kind of indie movie that could have broad appeal. This yeah. could be one of those movies. I mean, it's kind of hard to do these days, but you know how we'd have movies like My Big Fat Greek Wedding or these kind of movies that would kind of like break out of that indie like budget and all of a sudden become like bona fide hits. This is the kind of movie that I think in the right circumstances could become one of those movies. Huge praise from Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes. Bruce, what is your rating on Linoleum? Five star, easy. Easy five stars from Bruce Perky. What about you, Eric Holmes? Um, I kind of want to go five. I, I'm going to go four and a half, and I don't know why I'm not going five stars. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> what you think, man. <laughs> is, is, is there a four and a half star banger? <laughs> no, they, 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 this will probably, this is like, it's a four and a half now. But we, I mean, we've talked about movies like this before. It's like where it's it's this star rating now. But once I get into it more and break it down, it'll probably go up. And again, I, Bruce, I, I should probably just go five stars, but I'll go four and a half. Four and a half from Eric Holmes and Bruce. Like you said, you'd be surprised. You wouldn't be surprised. That is, if linoleum is one in your top ten, top twelve by the end of the year. It'll at least be in my top thirty-one, which I do every December. But it could easily be in my top ten because. There's that kind of, there's always that little, there's that extra something that makes something special to you. And this one, I think what it has is it has characters that you actually just kind of love. Like, I want to spend time with these characters again. And you, even movies that I really, really love, sometimes they don't have that. And this does have that. Bruce, you so many kind words about linoleum. Now you're going to make me actually want to watch a movie this year. I still haven't, I have yet to see a movie this year, Bruce. So maybe it might be, linoleum might be my first ever movie to watch. <laughs> you could do worse. You could do a lot worse. <laughs> 
<laughs> I could do a lot worse. Start with a good one. <laughs> Start with on. a good one. Wait, what are you talking about, Bruce? You you better see Ambush, because that's a very good one. So that's three and a half stars for Ambush for me and Eric. But then let's let's get to the point. For Linoleum, four and a half stars from Eric Holmes. And five stars from Bruce Perky. Linoleum, It's it says here on Gaffigan's Twitter feed, it says, coming soon, that little mini poster from Shot Studios. Specifically, though, it is hitting theaters, only in theaters, Friday, February 24th. And if you want more information, go to linoleummovie.com. So we're done with our features. Now we're going to our recommends Babylon. I have to do Force 5 tomorrow with Jason Kleberg. So do you like how I said I have to? I, I <laughs> Oh, my God. How are you going to ever am, make it? It's such, I a, am, such a punishment. I am honored to be, you know, just one of Jason Kleberg's many. You have to force all five of those. <laughs> force all five of those. Like for force. Look, here's the thing. Should I watch Babylon for to in prep for that? Because we're we're going to talk about our top five films from the year 2022. Babylon is a movie that Bruce and Eric have they have seen, and Bruce has seen it last minute because he's going to say exactly why he he actually was able to get Babylon under the gun. Eric Holmes, let's start with you. Babylon, directed by Pete, Paul Thomas Anderson or someone else? Who's it directed by? It's directed by Darren Chazelle, but uh, <laughs> it, it definitely felt like a, a PTA movie. Um, oh, God, I wish Anderson was here because uh, he was talking about it last time he was here. It's like, do you guys see Babylon? No. Well, it's awesome. This sucks. It was like... And now I'm watching, after I watched Babylon, I was like, oh, God, I wish Anderson was here because I totally want to talk to him about this because I know, I know, spoiler alert, I know Bruce is not going <laughs> to agree with it. Well, well, look, here, here, Eric, look, here, I haven't seen it. i surprise. Here's the thing, though. There are people who really love Babylon. Yes. And there, I think the most, most people are giving it middling to, I just can't believe I saw this movie kind of reviews. So yeah. do you understand the divisive nature and why do you fall on the favorable side of Babylon? I, I love this movie because I was laughing throughout. This had a bunch of like undercover comedy uh, to it and not like the, the like uh, uh, Bruce uh, message to us that there's an opening scene where an uh, elephant poops on someone mm-hmm. <laughs> and that 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 was certainly a thing in fact the whole the whole first half hour was a half hour cold open and i i told you guys uh the the first half hours the the pool scene from boogie nights said an eyes wide shut party and it it was just like uh just hedonistic and just like way too much and i was just kind of here for it i love the characters i love the undercover comedy in a lot of it and then uh, they said Babylon. And I'm like, cool. Half hour cold open. We've seen a couple of those last year. And uh, then the rest of the movie goes on. And I'm like, I have no idea what it is, but I love Brad, uh, Brad Pitt. I love uh, the oh, who plays the uh, the female director when Margot mm-hmm. Robbie starts. Uh, she kind of gets her first shot. And I know I, that she's Damien Chazelle's wife. Okay, well, I got huge, I got huge Elise Guy Blaché vibes from her. Mm-hmm. And then later on in the movie, she's like, what do I do? She's just like, be natural. I'm like, oh, you son of a, you did it. You did it. I know that's not, oh. I know that's not a mistake that you did that. Because that's um, in reference to it, it, be natural, the documentary on Elise Guy Blaché. So and in fact, on her sets, I guess she had like a big sign that just said, be natural. That That's what she would tell her actors uh, way back in the day. Um, as far as I know, I wasn't there. I don't know, but that this, uh, yeah, a lot of this takes place in the twenties, early thirties, and then they, uh, they eventually go to the fifties. This has a lot of similar DNA to Boogie Nights, like almost to the point where this is nearly a remake of Boogie Nights. Then why do people don't like, it has an audience score of 52%. There are people who just really, you talk about the elephant defecating. It feels like people are defecating all over this movie or they felt like the movie defecated on them. Bruce will get into that when it's his turn to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to talk about this as long as I can, because I really love them. I really love them. You know, Bruce is getting that bat ready. You know that, right? He's getting, he's getting ready to just. Yeah, but I, but Greg, here's the thing. I figure if I talk long enough, eventually Bruce's <laughs> I'll just fall asleep. I'm old. <laughs> Bruce's internet will cut out, and then he won't be able to. It's possible. <laughs> okay, let me frame it this, differently this way. 
Do you feel, Eric, there are people who are, I'm talking about you, Bruce, I'm just saying people who have a negative reaction to Babylon, do you think that they are missing something or they're seeing it a different way than maybe that than you or Anderson or a lot of other cinephiles feel strongly positive about Babylon? That that It you honestly know, intrigues me. It, it's possible. I mean, I do. I remember the first time I watched uh, The Big Lebowski, I was like, oh, this is fine. And then I watched it again. I was like, oh, this is I'm pretty good. Then I watched it again. I'm like, okay, this might be the, ba- might be the greatest right. comedy I've ever seen in my life. I felt actually I felt the same way about Boogie Nights. Felt the same way about Magnolia. You know, um, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's movies. Um, and I'll probably get uh, if we talk about the whale. A, a lot of this conversation will come up again, but mm-hmm. I really, I really took to this movie almost immediately, and it very good made me laugh. And there was just so much here to love, and I'm glad I saw it. And I'm a thousand percent in uh, Anderson's camp on this one. A question to Bruce Perky: Bruce, was Eric Holmes just reviewing Boogie Nights right now, or was he reviewing Babylon? <laughs> what is your review of Babylon? <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I could, I could see, I could see the comparisons, and I could see why he compares it to that. The thing I would, uh, I guess, I would counter that Boogie Nights and Magnolia and all these other movies he mentioned, uh, Big Lebowski, all have characters, and this movie does not have characters. Uh, wait, 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 hey, Bruce, do you see why people love it? Because there is that camp. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I, I guess, I mean, fireworks are fun to watch they make lots of noise and they make pretty colors but the visuals uh, the scope of it the epic scope at three so hours here's my problem here's my problem yeah. it's the attitude of the movie itself and the making of this movie is this and i thought i was trying to think like what is a good comparison you know me i've come up with my various things turds and all that stuff before <laughs> to me i thought of it like this i love a good fast food meal sometimes i'm in the mood for it i want uh you know big mac and a you know milkshake and some fries but then if you take McDonald's takes that exact thing and then they repackage it as a three course meal that takes three hours to eat. And they're going to charge me a hundred dollars to eat it. And they're going to say that you're having this very fancy meal when really you're just getting this big Mac. Then I feel cheated. And I feel like you think you're something you're not. It's like the opposite. For me, this is the opposite of a three-star banger. This is a movie that pretends to be something it's not. And then wants you to love it for it. Uh, wow. As opposed to being exactly what it is and just saying like, hey, I'm a, I'm a trashy uh, fart movie, you know, fart, fart sounds and crap movie and whatever. This, okay, here's my problem. There's a lot of problems with this. It's a big mess, but there is some fun stuff in it. The, the craft is amazing. It's great. Okay. The craft, the look. Mm-hmm. The, the characters are pure crap. The characters are at caricatures at best. And I would, all of them. All of do them. they do they make the word caricatures? Do they give the the word caricatures a bad name? Is it that bad? Yes, because I mean they're they're just they're just types, you know. The the young brash starlet who wants to make it in a crazy world and does whatever she can to make it there, and then has some sort of a downfall. The the aging actor who's going at you know aging out of his career and you know getting drunk a lot and he's aging out of his career and i won't even mention how much they're ripping off uh singing in the rain but of course they acknowledge that so that makes it okay but the worst the most egregious <laughs> thing is the the potentially most interesting characters in this movie mm-hmm. that are sidelined are um there's the one character i have to write it down because i can't even remember who she is because she's barely in it uh lady Faye Zhu, played by lee john lee she mm-hmm. makes an amazing, amazing entrance. And you're like, oh, this is going to be a really interesting, cool character who you barely see for the rest of the movie, even though she's on the poster. Oh, yeah. There's the jazz trumpet player. Uh, my, mm-hmm. my stupid camera no keeps going off. There's no worries. Jazz... Da- Damien Chazelle is actually uh, turning off, turning yeah. on and off your camera as we speak. <laughs> uh, Sydney Palmer, the character. Da- da- Damien, turn the camera on. Yeah. But Giovanna Depo. more about this later. Giovanna Depo. <laughs> This is the worst. He plays a character. Uh, he's a trump- the trumpet player. He's like being in the band and these various different, you know, parties and stuff. And the whole idea is that he's sidelined and treated badly because he's black in this era. And even a- and there's an amazing scene, an amazing scene where he has to do something that's really dehumanizing. But then the movie 
sidelines him and gives him no character, no arc. What are his dreams? What does he want to do? He's on the poster, but he doesn't have anything to do in this movie. It's ridiculous. And the last thing, well, that's not the last thing, but last thing I'm going to mention. (laughs) (laughs) This movie wants to pretend like it's daring. You know, it's, oh, it's this nearly NC-17, like, you know, craziness, right? The main characters are like, it's like, so I think the comparison to Eyes Wide Shut is a good one because you know how Tom Cruise doesn't actually get involved in any of the debauchery. He just kind of walks through it, right? Yeah. That's what this movie does. It walks through it. It's the background. It's basically just the wallpaper. The wallpaper is the debauchery, but the characters that are that are actually supposedly the main characters, which are just caricatures, um, they just kind of walk through it. They don't really get involved in debauchery. They, they might mention they've done something, but they don't do anything. So it's just it's just there as as spackle. Ooh. Wow. I've had many girls say that to me in my life. Um, you know what, Bruce? Babylon was <laughs> Bruce, Babylon was released in 2021. Okay, let's just say given the rules of when they're released or 2022. Would this have been one of the worst movies from last year? Let's just say No, technically. no, no. No, I think okay. it's one of the most it's I guess what makes me upset with these kind of movies is the same way I get upset with something like Tenet is that it's the most waste of the most talent and the most money. So you're taking the most and doing the least with it. So is it the worst movie? No. But is it the most underused of everything involved? Yes. Like most wasteful in in many ways movie. Which takes it down notches for me. Okay. Uh, Eric, before we close with the ratings on this Babylon, do you want to have any couple of uh, a little quick rebut or any couple of uh, words to... Volley back at Bruce on... on No, I don't. And that's only because what I have to say about the whale will kind of bring it around (laughs) back to this. Oh, okay. okay. We're going to go quick on the whale because, wow, you have a couple things to say about the whale. Um, Yeah, I like the whale. I personally, I like the whale. Babylon, your rating first. You, Eric Holmes, what's your rating on Babylon? Currently streaming on Uh, Paramount Plus. I'm going with a five star on this. I will watch it again and I will watch it a hundred more times. This movie and three hour movie. Fucking sorry. Awesome. <laughs> Family show. Oh, no, 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 no. It's Breeze okay. right on through. Breeze right, right on through. Three hours and nine minutes. Do you even wish it was longer? Do you like it, love it so much? You work out. You were yeah, like, yeah, this, yeah, this was, uh, this was like, uh, Wolf of Wall Street to me. Or it's like, okay, g- give me which I tried to finish I, twice and never did. <laughs> yes. Um, I love it. I love it. Bruce, I am going to put five stars for you for Babylon. Is that is Eric going to put five stars or should we amend that oh, rating? No. What, is, what is your rating, Bruce? Uh, two and a half. Oh, wow. That's yeah, actually that's still higher a good, than I thought it would be. That's still a good rating. The two and a half for the craft, right, Bruce? The craft. Yeah. And I think it's the... actually nominated exactly correctly for the Oscars. Because I think okay. it's just nominated for like production and costumes and stuff. That's absolutely correct. Oh, and also the... I've heard people praising the... The soundtrack and the score for this. The score is crap. It's so terrible. No. It's so terrible. No. <laughs> it's like, no. Oh, God, we disagree so much on literally every aspect of this movie. <laughs> That's so awesome. That's pretty awesome. Um, yes. Look, speaking of which, you said you, there's going to be a full circle moment. We know what the whale's about. Eric, some hot takes on the whale. What did you want to say about the whale? We, you know, we know all, all our reactions and... What is your, you said you wanted to say something about the whale before we get the, to these final two recommendations and the box. So I, I don't have a hot take on a whale. At least I don't think I do. Um, but I do have a take on it. I, I First of all, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely just uh, lean into uh, and ate up everything that uh, Darren Aronofsky and more importantly, Samuel Hunter, the, the uh, writer, who wrote the play and wrote the screenplay? Yeah, put down. Brendan Fraser is great. Hong Chao is fantastic. Everyone in this movie is great. But there is also um, there's also a lot of uh, talk about the whether or not it's fat phobic. And we brought it when Anderson brought it up earlier. I, I uh-huh. asked that because I hadn't seen the whale. I, yeah. I didn't know, but I wanted his take on that. And uh, there's a uh, movie podcast um, you can find on YouTube called Movie Bears Podcast. And they go over everything about the whale, about what they think. And because they're movie movie bears, they're fat, they're gay, and they're proud of it. 
and a lot of what they uh what they think is and what they you know there there's a lot of stuff in our society that they have to contend with because society doesn't love them a lot of times it's okay. coming around it's coming around and i and i certainly love them but brad jim and and will i love all three of them but that doesn't mean that um you know their their point of view is of a world that doesn't fully accept them which is sad but you know that's what it is um i can't change that. i wish i could uh and so they have their own thoughts on the whale and i would implore anyone to watch the movie bears podcast uh that episode specifically but just in general um because they have thoughts on it and i think all their thoughts are well thought out you know um and they're correct um and i disagree with a lot of their thoughts and i'm also correct and this is where i'm going to bring it all the way back around to babylon i watch babylon anderson watches babylon bruce watches babylon and we all have wildly different opinions i watch the whale yeah I, i i watch the whale uh brad jim and will watch the whale and we all have wildly different we takeaways from it and so what i appreciated most about the whale Mm -hmm. is that um i saw it as a person dealing with their own depression and with their own not addiction but i think the reason why they went with the uh the the fat thing was because that's a visual representation of him trying to kill himself that doesn't you don't get that same visual representation if he's trying to do drugs uh you don't get the you know uh when you see him uh, completely overweight you see him right away in your head it clicks what it is whether or not darren aronofsky was right to do that uh whether or not samuel hunter was right to write that that's up to you but what i loved about this was it made me think of uh just art in general Mm -hmm. um and i'll bring up anderson and groupers again uh groupers comes out and there are there are people that hate it because it's a quote woke and they hadn't seen the movie again but they have their own opinion on um, I watch groupers. I love groupers. Uh, Anderson, uh, you know, created groupers and he has his opinion on what it is. This is, you know, I have this idea in my head. This is the idea I want to put forth to the world. Not everyone's going to agree with that opinion. Not everyone's going to grab that opinion. Um, and to bring it back around to, uh, Babylon again, the, Different people are going to take different things from I get art. I get it. Yeah, I get it. And, I mean, and, yeah. and 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 it and it's really fantastic that someone can have an idea, put it out there, and different mm-hmm. these whole different things come up. Like for instance, back to the movie bears thing, the whale comes out. I don't think Darren Aronofsky wanted this to be a fat phobic or not fat phobic movie. I don't think that was in his mind yet. That was created with the movie bears podcast and other people talking about it. It got different conversations out about it that wouldn't have existed otherwise. And I think that's a beautiful thing about art where you can, I want to express this, but sometimes other things are born from that. And I think that's beautiful as well. What so, I think, yeah, very good. Bruce, I disagree with you about Babylon, but it's <laughs> yes. beautiful that you think that. I get, I get <laughs> it. I understand your whole, uh, your whole epic treatise on art, the inter- interpretation of it. What I took from it is Bruce is right and you and Anderson are wrong. And then my opinion matters and everyone else is secondary. Bruce, did I get the thing correct? <laughs> did, did I interpret the whole thing? Is well, that- you have to see Babylon, then you can say that. <laughs> Come on, Bruce. Eric should know. Eric already knows this. I never watch any movies. Okay. Anyways, you know, it, it's, it, to be honest, I, I remember when I interviewed an author years ago and he said, and he said my, my book is not finished until it's read. And when people read the book or when people watch the movie, that's when other stories come out. Like whether a movie's fat phobic or, or not, that it, that it's born out of any everyone's interpretation. That's the diversity in opinions and that makes the world go round. You know what also makes the world go round is the camera going on and off, Bruce. Yes, Eric Combs. Yes, yes. Before we get to Bruce, I, I, that's I, I would I would take that uh, yeah. I would take that quote a step further. It's not it's not finished until it's read and discussed about. 
Yes. Because yes. That's, that's what art's about. It, you, you take the ideas and you mull it around in your head and like, this is what I think about it. This is what I think about it. And then you have the conversations and sometimes, sometimes you come up with something and it's like, that's not the idea I had in mind, but mm-hmm. this is, this is just creating a whole new life that I had no idea that would come of it. And yeah. I think that's a great thing when that can happen, whether or not that was your intention. And sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's terrible. But sometimes it's a great thing. And I think uh, the whale for all the people that loved it, like myself and all the people that didn't love it so much, um, the people that didn't love it have a great conversation going and a conversation that needs to be going. And I think for that, I'm glad this movie exists and I love it for that. Very cool. Very cool. I for you know nice speech. I always thought art was not for communication. It was art was for my own distinct pleasure. <laughs> but it's good. I'm glad you feel that way, Eric. It's more more generous and humane and humanitarian and humanistic way of looking at the world. I'm sure Bruce agrees. You agree with the humanistic. It's not art is not just solely for your pleasure, is it, Bruce? Not for your, it's not for your own Babylon, is it? <laughs> huh? yeah, yeah. That's what I do. I put it on the walls. And I'm like, <laughs> Grease <We> got, up. <laughs> you know what, Eric? We got we got to wrap the show up pretty pretty quickly. You, you had a long thing. I, I have an elephant coming over to do some business on me with uh, with the movie, so <laughs> I got to get the Babylon in a second. But look, Bruce, you have Death Spa, and you have yeah, all Death Spa. Breathe, all that breathes. Can you tell our listeners before we get to the box movie that you and Eric saw? Yeah. Why are oh. you? Why are these movies just like night and day? I'm 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 gonna review the morning and then I'm gonna review the dead at night. So talk about these two projects. I'll barely talk about <laughs> all that breathes, other than to say it's on HBO Max. It's nominated for Academy Award for documentary. It's about these brothers in uh, India that are trying to rehabilitate and save uh, kites, which are like hawks, basically. But there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of them. They're all over the place, and it just kind of follows them doing that. It's not the most scintillating and exciting uh, documentary I've seen this year, but uh, there is something to be found there. And the the brothers have a quite an interesting banter. Uh, they have an interesting way of communicating, but the movie's pretty slow. So waste I would time? say not a waste of time. I would say for me, it's three stars. So okay. it's barely not a waste of time. <laughs> uh, and it probably kind of depends on your personal love of like nature documentaries. It might might play better for people like that, but definitely Wildcat better. Want... Wildcat, we're talking. I'm thinking about nature. Yes, Wildcat's way better because Wildcat has a lot more human story to go with it. It has, it has, a, it has a narrative that you can kind of follow. This one doesn't is a lot more uh, freeform. So mm. get us there, check it out, see if you get into the vibe of it. You might. Uh, there's definitely some cool. There's cool things in it. Now, on the other hand, I'm mad though. I'm mad right now, Bruce. Not just yeah, because that? of my daily fail, my we- weekly failings as a person who doesn't watch movies. Okay, my I am mad that Eric Holmes has has not put his name to this movie Death Spa along with you, Bruce, because <laughs> Death Spa seems something that is right up Eric Holmes's alley. I'm sure if if Eric Holmes watches it down the road, I'm going to watch it with him on a rewind. But I apologize for uh, for interrupting you, Bruce. Take it <laughs> no, away no with problem. Death Spa. That's my goodness. <laughs> Death Spa on Shutter, uh, which I will rate higher than Babylon, of course, oh, um, <laughs> because Death Spa knows what it is. Death Spa is not pretending to be anything else. Death Spa is exactly what it's supposed to be. Uh, it's on Shutter. It's from Wait, 1988. Hold on. Is the water too hot? Is that how people die on, well, on Death you. Spa? <laughs> uh, directed by Michael Fisha or Fiska. I don't know what else he's done. The only person here that I really recognize, well, other than I didn't write his name down. Darn it. Um, mm. the, the main dude from the main dude from Dawn of the Dead is in this. Okay. I'm going to look him up right now for you. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, also, uh, Merritt Buttrick, which you may know as the son, son in... of James, James Tiberius Kirk. Yes. The late he's in J- this. He's, he, he's passed. He has since passed. He passed very young of AIDS, yeah. I do believe. Yes. AIDS complications at the, in the late eighties, like shortly after this, actually, um, this movie is ridiculous but in some very great ways and i said the easy way to describe this is this is basically like perfect with a lot more killing um <laughs> uh, i mean just at the out of the gate you know what you're getting into you've got this picture of the outside of this spa and it's i forget what it's called it's called something something spa and then the neon sign blinks out so all that's left is the d and the e <laughs> so it ends up being death spa um on the sign and then uh, quickly you find out that what happens in this spa is there is something like the possible ghost of the vengeful 
dead wife of the spa owner because she got paralyzed and set herself on fire in her wheelchair. Now she's coming back to kill the people in the spa. But the way they kill the people in the spa is like uh, very strange. Like things like the all the women will be in the shower in a beautiful 80s softcore scene. Uh, and then the tiles will start flying out of the sides of the walls and hitting oh my. them. Or <laughs> the workout equipment will, of course, like there's the thing where you're, you got your arms and you're pushing them together and pulling them apart. Well, that thing gets cranked up to a million or whatever and breaks the guy's chest open. Um because this specific spa has a very fancy computer work center in the middle of it that runs everything because everything in the spa is run off computer. And the, the computer mastermind that runs in there is uh, played by Merritt Buttrick. And he is the twin brother of the dead wife. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, this sounds like oh, fun. Yeah. This sounds like a fun movie. Okay. Someone might get their hand blended with a juicer and there's just all, it's all kinds of ridiculousness in this movie. Uh, yeah. If that sounds like fun to you, which it is to me, uh, go check it out. Three star banger. Easy. Are the, are the actors acting like they're in a fun movie? Meaning do they know what kind of stuff they're, they're putting down kind of thing? Or not are they really, playing? It's it? not okay. too self-aware and that's what makes it better. If it was too self-aware, it would be too campy. It is pretty campy, but it thinks it's being kind of scary. Definitely thinks it's being scary and it's, it's not scary at all. Um, there's also oh. a couple of great detectives that are trying to solve all these deaths at the death. Oh, yeah, they don't they don't shut this place down. People keep dying in this place. I mean, there's uh, Bruce. I mean, Eric. Well, Eric's almost. A, I think Eric. Are you a Gen Xer? I think you're a Gen Gen. You're. I think Eric Holmes is Gen Y. But I have no idea. Okay. Big letter, and I'll go with it. <laughs> Big letter. Look, there's. I I look at Chelsea Field and also Brenda Bakke. These are actresses I remember from the eighties, so I'm I'm kind of excited to see this movie because so uh, <laughs> it's crazy, so it's much spandex, so much, so much oh my gosh, right? But mm. look, you know, back in the day, I used to wear the not I don't know what it wasn't the male thing that's spandex. I used to wear the what the biker shorts over my, under my under my shorts. Remember, remember that time, Bruce? Anyways, yes. what is your what is your? You never did that, of course. It what, is three star banger. I told you, three star, oh three star banger. Death spot. Oh yeah, I, no, looking, I didn't in the eighties. Eighties, I was wearing I was wearing Levi's and t-shirts i was a punk rocker so okay did you ever do the grunge you ever do the grunge with the military boots you ever do that well i had like docks you know docks and flannels and all that stuff oh my gosh i I'm lived in the northwest during grunge come on now dude. of course <laughs> of course now I'm, I'm looking right now at the moments of death spot it looks really cool to watch i might actually check out gruesome deaths begin and if you like that check out the the closing theme song is killer groove by squirt gun (laughs) 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 oh my gosh this is a total eric holmes movie by the way too eric holmes i think hopefully when you have the time you might even watch it because look there's there's all these recommendations like if you like killer what if you like death spy you're gonna like what phantom of the mall I think one of you guys have seen it. Homebodies, Killer Workout, Sorority Babes in the Slime Ball. I think it was called Bolorama. So, mm. so many different movies that are kind of remind you of Despa. So, before we go, Eric Holmes, you want to do the Peter Beta intro? I don't, uh, the Rock That Beat or the Drop That Beat? I'm not sure which one, but hey, yo, Pete, do something to that beat. Remove your hand from the box and you die. It's in the box. all right so now we are back with our box recommendation what is the box thing that you and eric have seen bruce Berkey? well this is unlike unlike babylon this is the true edgy story of a young starlet and the salacious path she has to take to stardom in hollywood this is mooch goes to hollywood 1974, suggested by, or punishing us, by Joseph Bridges, we're not sure, uh, directed by uh, David Erdman. Richard oh Erdman. Is it Richard Erdman? Yeah. Dick Erdman? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I got a, how did I get David? I don't know. Anyway. I have no idea. It doesn't matter. <laughs> this movie, oh my gosh. Well, it, go ahead. It's just called Mooch, right? No, it's called Mooch Goes to Hollywood. IMDb has it. It's Mooch. The poster says Mooch Goes to Hollywood. 
there's a picture of a dog with a what it looks like a hobo with a something some kind of naps thing with a stick on his mouth or her mouth his or her mouth it's a and her come on her. now don't get this twisted okay, my bad so mooch is a story of, of of a young woman dog that comes to hollywood and wants to make her way and meets various stars and has to keep going back to the same vet for another slapstick moment wait a second this movie, the fact that there's Jim Backus as Jim Backus, Jill St. John's in it, yes. James friggin' Darren, Vincent yes. Price. This Phyllis has... Diller. Oh my gosh. This has this looks really good. <laughs> Richard Burton's in it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, just think about it this way. If you took the Hollywood Squares, for anyone who's old enough to know what the Hollywood Squares was, and you make them go around this dog, this movie is terrible. Um <laughs> it's almost i couldn't find a good copy of it anywhere oh uh, yeah i see eric saying terrible it's it, i it's, hope eric, defa- from, eric. From, from, from the writer of naked city the tv series <laughs> this oh, is like i think i don't want to take eric's thunder but he, at some point he says something like when it gets so bad that it comes around the corner it becomes good again or something like that <laughs> i i really hope that eric defends mooch because you've been bullying Babylon the entire episode, Bruce, this, and now this, you're now you're gonna beat up a dog. How this movie you? has things that uh, <laughs> there's things in this movie you cannot unsee. Uh, seeing a dog as a stripper, I, I did not expect to see. This dog gets thrown uh, at least six or seven times, like literally thrown. Okay, that's not and, cool then. Yeah, uh, it's the dog that played Benji, and I think was in Petticoat Junction, all that stuff. So yeah. Same dog. Uh, this dog wears false eyelashes at one point to really strange effect there's a song that we get to keep hearing which is absolutely something Aaron mcgavin's in this it says uncredited I, I, maybe <laughs> I edward care. edward g robinson uncredited caesar or cesar or caesar romero isn't it mickey rooney there's a lot of these david wayne my goodness the the real pool scene from boogie nights is in this movie as well <laughs> look okay so this is a horrible wrong. movie bruce um it's just not even entertaining on a base level like a so bad it's good kind of thing. It it, it kind of gets there. I, I mean, if you go in with that attitude, you're gonna. It's only like sixty five minutes long or something. It, there's no, an absurd. There's some, like fifty something minutes long. Yeah, there's there's an absurdity factor. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, okay. It, Eric gets to pop in. It's it, it's it's crazy. Eric, please defend this movie. Maybe give get some uh, some love to Mooch or Mooch goes to Hollywood. All right, uh, the TV, the 1974 TV movie Mooch, uh, starring Higgins as Mooch the dog, it goes on a uh, wonderful, um, pretty much everything Bruce said. I'm starting to watch this movie, and uh, my first thought was, Joseph Bridges, what did we do to you? And I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think it about 20 minutes into this movie, and I'm like, Joseph Bridges. You freaking genius. Thank you for bringing this movie <laughs> in front of us. What was that? What was that Power Rangers movie you had us watch? Oh God, I don't know. It was like for the uh, the Filipino version or something? Yeah, it was like it was like uh I can't remember. It, it it was like over a year ago and I can't remember what happened last week, let alone a year ago. Yeah. But this was kind of on that level. Like M- Mooch is so watching the dog go on his adventures, like he'll he'll so the dog will just kind of wander around. Actually, yeah, Bruce, you're right. This is a lot like Babylon. I told you. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and it's, like, it's, you it's said less it, than a third like, of the length. I get it. And now that now that I'm thinking of it, Mooch was quite a lot like Babylon, in fact. Um, is this like, 51 yeah. minutes too long for you? No, it's 51 minutes. Perfect amount. Uh, it could have been 10 more minutes, uh, 10 minutes and uh, eight, 18 minutes longer. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to do the math in my head to make it 69 minutes. But point is, this movie is like, uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but it's also kind of, kind of awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. and, be- and back to the whale thing, like people will put up art. I don't think this was art. I think this was, uh, hey, we'll just uh, throw a movie together because uh, um, Zsa Zsa Gabor's uh, famous for some reason. Uh, people like Phil Stiller and people like, uh, you know, uh, Vincent Price. I'll throw a dog in there and we'll put it on TV. And it, it this movie is a thousand percent air quote content. Um, this is yes. not art, but that's kind of what I was talking about with the whale. People get different things out of different things. And I, is this movie kind of went along. I was like, I kind of love that I'm watching this. 
oh, that's really cool. enjoying the hell out of this and I'm getting some out of it. Okay. Which uh, would not have happened if not for uh, not only the filmmakers that made this, but also Joseph Bridges. So thank Do you, you think the even director... Though, even though I suspect Joseph Bridges is trying to punish us for some reason, <laughs> <laughs> not so much. I liked it so there. Okay, so the direct it's directed by Richard Erdman, who passed away in 2019. I see David Erdman, but whatever. Yeah, David Erdman, <laughs> right? <laughs> David Erdman. Do you, Eric? Do you think he had some talent? Did you, because you liked this movie? I, I don't mean this in a facetious way, because this, there's a reason why I'm asking. This was this. not that kind of movie. The, this <laughs> the, this is pretty clearly a movie just kind of put together as a, a project and assignment. I don't I don't think Richard Erdman was like this is what they're going to remember me by. This is my you know that it was just something kind of fun to put together okay. um, as air quote content. And it works as that. And, you know, if you want to dismiss it, you can, but if, if you just kind of give it into it, it's actually kind of fun. And I'm okay. kind of glad I, I'm kind of glad I watched it. Okay. Bruce Perky, your rating on this box movie, Mooch goes to Hollywood. I'm going to go with Joseph Bridges suggestion. He said this might create a whole new category and that's two star banger. Mm. Um, which I guess if we're going to define it, it's probably a movie that's so what the F that you can't believe it exists, but yet it's does. So here it is. And we watched it. Two star okay, banger. Two star banger. Eric Holmes, your rating. Uh, Joseph Bridges is an absolute genius and he deserves his own star banger. So I agree Two star banger just for you, Joseph. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph Bridges. He is pretty much, he does so many great recommendations for our Cinematics Facebook group. Again, if you want daily movie recommendations, giveaways, and just talk to me, Bruce and Eric, and uh, Bruce and Eric pretty much man the ship on on the Facebook group. They're really good at, at talking to our fellow members who are just as big of a cinephile, if not more than than us. You know, there's so many really great members. I, I'm trying to think, there's Joseph Bridges, there's Matt Stillman, Chad Wilfong, Angie Clark, so many wonderful people who contribute on a daily basis, giving movie recommendations for our Cinematics Facebook group. The reason why I was asking about Richard Erdman is because I wanted us maybe one day to see Erdman's previous film from Mooch is a 1973 G-rated film called The Brothers O'Toole. And the plot is the brothers, a couple of ne'er-do-wells, turn a sleepy mining town upside down in their search for quick riches. It's headlined by John Astin, Pat Carroll, <laughs> Richard Erdman plays a judge in the movie. Lee Bleeben Merriweather is in it. Lovely Merriweather, Jesse White. So many, so might be something I just might want to watch myself. So we'll see. Maybe I should watch Mooch first before I try The Brothers O'Toole. All right, that's it for this week. What is in the box, Bruce? What did you what are you picking? Well, that's right. let's look here. Oh, I had okay. an called the watch in the botch. <laughs> watch in the botch. Because <laughs> if you say it, it sounds like uh, it botch. sounds like a uh, watch in the botch. <laughs> watch uh, in the botch. This is suggested by David Gulick. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Directed by Don Coscarelli, apparently. Yes. Nineteen seventy-six. Fantastic. Why oh, no? My Kenny and Company. Kenny and Company. Okay, Don Coscarelli. We we love Don Coscarelli. Yeah, it got yeah. me again. It got you. No, no, no. You got Phantasm. I've never heard of Kenny and Company. I don't know okay. if this is real. This might not be right. I might have written it down wrong. No, we'll Kenny and out. Company. That is next week's box picks for cinematics. Before we go, Eric Holmes, final thoughts from you? Any- I'm going to watch The Whale again and cry my eyes out. And I'm probably also going to watch uh, Linoleum because that's a great movie with a great ending. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably Mooch? also going to watch uh, Mooch Goes to Hollywood another 12 times just to uh, prove to Joseph Bridges that I did not hate it. You did not I hate loved it. it. Despite your best efforts. <laughs> Two star banger. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Move, move, movies are movies are great. Just art in general. I, I love getting different things, eating different things. Like everyone gets their own opinions, and it's beautiful. And there you go. Yeah, very beautiful stuff from Eric Holmes. I was going to try to say something beautiful, but I'm not as poetic or as magnanimous or generous as Eric Holmes. Maybe you are, Bruce, with your final thought here on cinematics. <laughs> my uh, my video's already left. Um, <laughs> I would just suggest 
reach out to Eric and let him know if you are interested in this streaming idea of us doing streaming watches and watch-alongs. What would you be interested in watching along with? Thank you guys. We'll see you here next week on Cinemax.